Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Get your advanced PhD in WOW from Floor and Decor. If you're a pro, you're already an expert in tile, wood, and stone. And with Floor and Decor's job site delivery, their free design services, and pro rewards that actually reward you, your business is set to grow from one client to the next. Floor and Decor isn't just a couple of aisles. It's an entire store designed to help your business boom. It's Floor and Decor. Right now, you can try Hulu Plus for free for two weeks when you go to huluplus.com slash artofman. That's huluplus.com slash artofman. Also, this episode is brought to you by Dollar Shave Club. Shave time, shave money. Join now at dollarshaveclub.com slash AOM. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash AOM. And now to the show. Brett McKay here, and welcome to another edition of the Art of Manliness podcast. Now, if you were to make a list of all the skills, know-how, information that every young man should know before he leaves his parents' home, what would you put on that list? Well, our guest today has set out on that epic journey to create such a list. His name is Kenneth W. Royce, and his book about this list of everything that a man should know is called Modules for Manhood, What Every Man Must Know. Kenneth W. Royce, he's a writer, adventurer, hunter. I'm sure some of, many of our listeners have, are familiar with his Boston's Gun Bible. And, well, anyways, in our discussion, Kenneth and I talk about modules of manhood, things that he thinks every man should know, why there's such a decline in manliness and masculinity in our culture today, and what young men can start doing now, today, to become better men, and you know what fathers and mothers can do as well to help shape good, solid men for our, our culture. It's a really interesting discussion, fascinating, a lot of fun. You're going to enjoy it, so stay tuned. Kenneth W. Royce, welcome to the show. Hey, it's a pleasure, Brett. Thanks for having me on. Okay, so let's start off by talking a bit about your background before we get into your book. Um, because when you emailed me and I uh, looked into it, I was like, man, this guy's this guy's pretty manly. So tell us a bit about your background. Well, I grew up in Texas, so you know manliness is uh, part of the part of the scheme down there, <laughs> or at least we like to think so. Um, grew up in a small town. I had uh, fathers who uh, hunted and uh, had outdoor stuff, you know, for uh, us to do. Uh, lots of travel, domestic and inter- international, and lived near the uh, Gulf Coast, so uh, we were on sailboats a lot too. So I, I think I had a pretty good upbringing that uh, is good for a boy, you know, getting into manhood. Yeah. And uh, what do you, I mean, what do you do now? Cause you, I mean, you do some pretty cool, I mean, as an, as a grown man, you've done some pretty cool stuff too. Um, I've been a motorcyclist for a long, long time and uh, I've been overseas with uh, motorcycles and done trips there. So I still do that. I have 2000 CC uh, European machines. Uh, one's on off-road, one's more of a street bike. 
Uh, I uh, hunt a lot and I enjoy safariing in Africa. I've been over five times. After the third time, I wrote a book, uh, kind of a how-to for the American deer and elk hunter who's always thought about going to Africa but didn't know if he could swing it. That's called Safari Dreams. And uh, I'm into uh, flying quite a bit, um, uh, single-engine land, uh, some rotorcraft, glider. I'd like to get a seaplane rating this year and, uh, you know, a couple of other things. So let's see, what else? Uh, yeah. Guns. Guns Gun, have always been yeah. a part of my life, yeah. Um, went to uh, some of the big box shooting schools back in the 90s, such as uh, Thunder Ranch and Gunsight, um, and then became an, an instructor uh, sort of an ad hoc instructor, nothing you know, very formal with a uh, school or anything like that. But I'd go to uh, wherever someone could uh, accumulate six or more students, and I'd travel to their state and put on a, a personalized uh, weekend of instruction. And I enjoy doing that very much because in order to really know something, you have to teach it. So it's, it's good for me to be a shooting instructor because it just hones my skills also as, as I pass them on to others. So, uh, but, you know, basically guns, hunting, shooting, flying, <laughs> motorcycling. <laughs> I'm not a rock climber, so, you know, my manliness can still, uh, you know, bump up a notch or two yeah. with some other things. <laughs> no, it's, that's, that's pretty cool. I mean, it's a, an, a life of adventure. It's, it's really neat. Yes, that's right. Okay, so your book is called Modules for Manhood, What Every Man Must Know. And it's geared towards, like, younger men, like teenagers, early 20s. What inspired you to write this book? Well, growing up, uh, you know, maturing as one does uh, through manhood, and it's a journey, not a destination. I still have a ways to go uh, at my age. But growing up, I, I noticed things that, you know, I didn't have squared away or things that were just plain missing, you know, modules of, of my own manhood. So, uh, you know, as a personal remedial and maturity process, I tried to get rid of those along the way. And uh, something that Jeff Cooper uh, wrote uh, the late uh, Lieutenant Colonel Marine Corps Jeff Cooper was the founder of the uh, Gunsight Training Academy in uh, Paulden, Arizona. And it was the first uh, shooting uh, academy for civilians in the country, uh, formed in, uh, I think, the early 70s. And just before he died in 2006, in his uh, commentaries, which is online, if you search for Jeff Cooper commentaries, you'll find it, um, he wrote something basically about uh, what... Every man, young man, should know before he leaves his father's household, you know, before he's 21 or even 18. And he had a, a long list of things, and they're pretty disparate, but, uh, you know, they make a lot of sense if you read them. It's basically uh, understanding history, understanding how, uh, you know, finances work, knowing how to speak a language, being capable in unarmed and armed combat. Uh, being able to ride a motorcycle, fly a light airplane, some computer skills, knowing how to write all sorts of different kinds of letters, whether they're a letter of condolence, a letter of job application, a letter of complaint, etc. And uh, he, he basically said that fathers need to make sure that uh, their young sons, before they leave the household as young eagles, uh, are not fledglings and falling out of the nest, but can actually soar on their own young wings and be able to cope with the world in a competent fashion. And that was Cooper's uh, overarching advice, was that men should know how to cope. And he lamented the fact that the modern man cannot cope, except for one or two narrow areas of which they're you know, usually in a profession for. Interesting. So uh, you kind of took that idea and then 
expanded upon it. Yeah, in 2006 he wrote that quote, and by 2008 I was a couple of hundred pages into what became volume one of three of uh, Modules for Manhood. All right, that's awesome. So how did you decide on the topics you covered in this book? Was it just sort of like life experience or looking at the young men that you know in your life? How, how was that decision process? Uh, actually, both. The second part of that, uh, looking at young men and seeing what, what they needed, you know, a lot of what they needed are stuff that, you know, I already have because I'm older and I, and I come from, you know, not a uh, Gen X or millennial generation. So some of those things, you know, back then in the baby boomer age were just more often, you know, imparted to a young man and they're not now. So what was difficult was understanding uh, you know, not being egocentric about, okay, I, I know this, but I don't know this, so I'm going to write a book about what I don't know because I figure everyone else doesn't know that either. Uh, some of that uh, plays out, but but a lot of it doesn't. You know, with young men, uh, basic manners, basic courtesy, uh, you know, the social graces, incredibly lacking. And uh, I make the point in the book in volume one that, you know, if you learn some basic um, manners in life, you will be way ahead of your peers. I mean, you'll look like a suave James Bond if you pull a lady's chair out at a dinner or if you know how to speak to the hostess properly or if you know how to check into a hotel without looking like a rube. And it doesn't take much. So I would say the social graces uh, will go very far, and that's the one thing that I've seen that young men just don't have, just a a sense of style, a little bit of class. It just wasn't – it's just not part of the generation. It's not really their fault. Um, but, uh, yeah. well, why, why is that? I mean, so you, yeah, I mean, you, you talk about there's sort of this kind of decline in manhood in America yes. and you, yeah. you know, you mentioned that, well, you know, a lot of the stuff that is in this book, it was sort of just imparted like naturally to That's young true. men. Um, but I'd like to hear more like, why do you think there's a decline of manhood in America? I mean, what's your take on that? Cause everyone's got a take on it. Everyone's got an opinion on it. Sure. I, I think there's a decline generally in humanity. Uh, across the world. It's not just an American thing. It's just, it's not a uh, contemporaneous thing and it's not even a male thing. Um, You know, if you go back to the Spanish philosopher Ortega y Gasset, his uh, book called Revolt of the Masses, written in 1930, and what he uh, described and lamented was the rise of the so-called common man, meaning that uh, the average person in Europe or America uh, is now specialized enough and his his labor is worth enough in that specialization of a career that he can afford a middle-class existence. He can afford uh, international travel. He can afford nicer homes and so forth. But he's not really... He, he uh, <laughs> there's a phrase in in, in Poland, uh, and then I'll I'll uh, I'll be nice about it. He he defecates above the level of his sphincter, <laughs> <laughs> and that can be translated as yeah. as, as you wish. And uh, this was uh, Igasset's uh, uh, theory that the common man uh, defecates higher than his sphincter, and yeah. he doesn't know it. He 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 thinks he's. He is uh, a more complete and whole person than he really is. And he takes civilization for granted when uh, basically civilization becomes so complicated that not one man can comprehend it. So this has been going on for nearly 100 years. Now, as far as why I think, you know, lately, especially since World War II, uh, since the 60s, even to focus uh, more upon it, 
Um, I, I think there are a lot of um, pressures. Uh, there's a lot of carrots and a lot of sticks to um, lure people out of quality of their humanity, to lure people down the easy path, the wide path, the downhill path, the well-lit path, when the struggle to be a complete and mature and uh, loving person, you know, that, that is a narrow path, it's uphill, it's tangly, and you'll feel quite alone doing it. So there's a lot of peer pressure to go, you know, the public way and the common way. And uh, but very few individuals, I think, inherently just, just have the nature in them to, to find their own uphill, difficult path as an individual. Uh, most people, I think, would rather be part of the masses. And that's been encouraged through media, through all sorts of social engineering. So yeah, it reminds yeah, like that quote about the, the rise of the common man. It's like it's idiocracy. Have you seen that movie? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. Sometimes you look around, and you're just like, oh my gosh, it's idiocracy. It's happening. Yeah, it, it is coming true. Uh, one uh, thing I, I, I saw a video. It was, it was in the '60s, and it was um, it was uh, filmed by I think the Navy or the Air Force. And it was basically trying to show uh, uh, sailors or airmen, I, f- I forget which branch, uh, you know, social graces. And so they, they had, you know, two guys. They had a guy who was Mr. Spit and Polish and, and knew all the courtesies and the manners and, and really clean cut, knew how to go about it. And then uh, they, they contrasted him against the rube, you know, of, <laughs> yeah, of the yeah. day, you know, the slob. Now, the, uh, it's, it's corny to watch now, and it's kind of sad, but uh, what, what, what I really cut out of it was the Rube of 1966 would have been David Niven today. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's gone down faster than, uh, than, than they even expected, and it's really pretty sad. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I love those old uh, social you know, etiquette movies, that they, like the Cornette films. Yes, uh, right. Big fan. But yeah, you're right. Like, you know, I'm a big collector of vintage men's magazines. Oh, cool. And I'm always amazed at looking at the pictures. There's this one that's geared towards like college guys and you know, it shows like the wardrobe for the college man. And it's like <laughs> a suit and a tie, a, tie, a hat, you know, Absolutely. some and now I mean if you go to like no one dresses like that on a college campus. And like it's funny, like their their definition of like casual wear back in the 1940s is like, you know, you had to wear like a pair of khakis, right. a button down shirt and a vest and like, you know, casual wear now is just like t-shirt and cargo shorts and flip flops. You know, that's that you can wear that to class. Yeah. You can wear that to a nice dinner. Apparently. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> International plane. You know, it's, it's, it's pretty disgusting. Yeah. People just don't, yeah. They don't have a sense of, uh, yeah, the social graces that, you know, creating, um, they don't, they just think, we just think about ourselves. That's the idea. It's like every, every, right. we have like, we live in an internal world and don't think about, uh, I guess the group enough. Exactly. The public experience. Yeah. And that's an important part. It is. Of life. That's why men were dressed up and wore hats and ladies wore dresses uh, up until, you know, 50 years ago. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. The, 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 the media and just our culture, is it, we, it fosters a consumer mentality. Um, yes. And me first. And I guess, yeah, we're, we're um, kind of going off track here, but I like this idea of like the private man, right? The, the Greeks, mm-hmm. like the word idiot, right, that we have, like, mm-hmm. that, that meant uh, private, like you were a private man back in, like, in, oh, I think Roman or Greek. So, like, if you were, if someone called you a, an idiot in Greece, like, they, or in Latin, I guess, so it's Rome, uh, they're saying you had no conception of public life and that you I were see. just so involved in your own world. So, like, yeah, like, we, right. we are literally surrounded by idiots because, 
oftentimes people aren't thinking about others around about the public experience of life. Yes. Yeah, you'll see people yelling across a public room at each other. Hey, Harold, hey, when's <laughs> checkout time? You know, across the hotel lobby instead of just walking 30 feet over and going, yeah. hey, Harold, you know. Uh, yeah, no, no conception of other people. So I, I would say, yeah, selfishness uh, is, is a huge subset of the common man. For those who embrace the impossible, the Defender 110 is up for the adventure. This iconic vehicle has been redefined with a thoroughly modern design. The exterior has been reimagined with compelling proportions and precise detailing, and the interior is built with robust materials and integrity. The Defender capability is legendary, whether you're facing off-road challenges or harsh weather conditions. Durability has been tested to the extreme, cargo capacity means more room for your gear, and there's been powerful innovations like the intuitive driver display and award-winning infotainment system that keeps you connected. Innovative camera technologies deliver unobstructed views and effortless maneuvering, and the Defender is ready for a wide range of adventures. The Defender family features two-door Defender 90, the Defender 110, and the Defender 130, which seats up to eight. Push what's possible with a vehicle made to go further, the Defender 110. Learn more at LandRoverUSA.com forward slash Defender. That's LandRoverUSA.com forward slash Defender. Wedding season is coming up, and if you are preparing for the big day, I know wedding planning can be really intimidating, but finding the perfect suit shouldn't be. Indochino makes it easy to get a fully customizable suit right from your home. Don't just wear any suit on your big day. Wear a custom made-to-measure suit. Suits start at just $499, which is about the same price you'd pay for an off-the-rack suit at a department store. And they've also got custom made-to-measure shirts starting at just $89. So I've talked about my Indochino suit on the podcast before. They've been a longtime podcast sponsor. It's navy blue. The measuring process was super easy. They got these video guides you follow. You'll need another set of hands to help you out with that. But the really fun part is customizing it. Got to customize how I wanted the lapels on the jacket, the pockets, the lining. I went no pleats on the pants on this suit. A lot of fun. And then in a few weeks, you have a made-to-measure custom suit sent directly to your door. When planning your wedding, get a suit as unique as you with Indochino. Go to Indochino.com and use code MANLINESS to get 10% off any purchase of $399 or more. That's I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com, promo code MANLINESS. Daylight saving time is starting up again. The goal of this is to give us more daylight from March through November. By setting our clocks forward, it may feel like there are more hours in the day, but if you're hiring, it doesn't necessarily help you find qualified candidates for your roles any sooner. There is only one way to do that. ZipRecruiter. And right now, you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash manliness. ZipRecruiter works around the clock to help you find qualified candidates. Once you post your job on ZipRecruiter, they send it to 100 plus job sites so you can reach more of the right people. ZipRecruiter smart technology also quickly scans thousands of resumes to identify people whose skills and experience match your job. Spring forward with a new hiring partner, ZipRecruiter, and find top talent sooner. See why four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash manliness. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash manliness. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Picture that thing you've always wanted to learn. All right, you got that in your head? Now picture learning it from the person who's literally the best at it in the world. That's what you get with Masterclass. This year, learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors, and many of these instructors are former AOM podcast guests. 
You can learn negotiation from Chris Voss, leadership skills from Jocko Willink, how to master your habits with James Clear. Plus, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk. So recently, I went through the masterclass on negotiation with Chris Voss. A lot of useful information in there. Talked about the value of known in negotiation, how to use your body language and speech patterns to get your best out of a negotiation. Very well done. I really enjoyed it and got a lot out of it. Right now, listeners of our podcast can get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash AOM. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash AOM. Masterclass.com slash AOM. Check out the masterclass on negotiation with Chris Voss. Yeah. Very cool stuff. Let's get kind of into the book, like some of the topics you hit in this sure. first volume. Um, what I found was, that was interesting was, you know, when people think, you know, modules of manhood, you know, they think like, oh yeah, they're going to show me how to like shoot a gun. He's going to show me how to like do Krav Maga and fly a yeah. plane. Race um, yachts. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, throw a caber or toss a caber. Um but a lot of most of the skills are sort of like those soft skills, like communication. You talk about the social graces, yes. persuasion, um, and I. You, we talked about this, you know, earlier. The you know, there's sort of this decline amongst young men who have trouble with these things. Um, yeah. Why do you think young men, and I think even like you would you you would argue too that young women today, I guess we've kind of been talking about this in a roundabout way. But like, why why do we have such a hard time with? soft skills like selling or persuading or rhetoric mm -hmm. or these type of stuff, this, those type of things? Um, I, I think it just hasn't been taught. Uh, you mentioned young girls. Young, young girls today are cruder than young men were in my age. It, it's gotten that bad. Um, but yeah, you're right. In volume one, I do start with the soft skills. I, I try to start building someone from the inside out because that's the only way it can be done. Um, so, you know, my first chapter is understanding, you know, understanding what? Understanding a, a lot about a lot of different things, uh, just how the world works. Uh, Dr. Phil has uh, a really good book called, uh, I think, 10 Life Lessons. I highly recommend it, one of the best self-help self books out there. Uh, one of the 10 is you either get it or you don't, you know, in his Texas fashion. And he's right, and this is what I was trying to convey in the understanding chapter. And I, I, I talk about all sorts of things from people to finances, economics, just little vignettes of, you know, things that you, you just have to get in life. Um, one of them, I'm just flipping through just r routinely. Accomplishment is what creates happiness. Yeah. Happy, happiness is not the same thing as joy. Um, all things permissible, not all things profitable. That uh, is uh, quoting uh, Paul from 1 Corinthians 6.12. Um, worry never solves anything. Trust your gut. Whatever you think about, you will do. Whatever you do, you will become. We're spiritual beings having a physical experience. You know, just basic little building blocks about how life works and who you are. So I have to start there just to get the reader hopefully somewhat on the same page with where I'm going to go after that. And then chapter two, I get into thinking, truth, and wisdom. Then uh, chapter three, integrity and character. Chapter four is a, a big, important chapter, conquering, conquering yourself, conquering your fear, depression, laziness, anger, impatience, pride. You know, you see where I'm going with this. If you, if you don't have these things, these ducks in a row, uh, it doesn't matter about uh, your career and, you know, which college you choose. You're going to make a hash of it anyway. Yeah, very cool. Um, so one of the things I love about this, your book, and um, – keep on flipping through it but the way the way it is um, presented um, you, 
a lot of it is like just sort of like quotes and vignettes and yes. excerpts um, from other books, from other thinkers, from other writers. Um, so I'm curious. I mean, because I mean, it's just I love it because you can just like flip through any section and there's some kind of cool yeah thought. There's um, a nugget. Right? There's a nugget exactly. Um, so I'm curious about this, like how you collect all these quotes and all these things like that. I mean, do you have a, a commonplace book? Uh, how 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 do you collect all that sort of all this? I stuff? used to be a, a quotation collector nut, you know, uh, right after high school and into college. And I, you know, any quotation book I could find uh, at a used bookstore, I, I, I grabbed up. I had Bartlett's and you know all those, and and I and I went through there. I've read a hundred thousand quotations, I'm sure, and I've probably kept two or three thousand of them and I, I started how I started writing Brett was started writing quotations mm. you know I, I'd have a, an insight about a particular subject in a, a witty way I thought to say it and, uh, and that's how I started writing and a lot of my quotations uh, if you ever see something by Dresden James that was uh, a, a name I was going to use so over the years I've, I've got a, a vast uh, archive of quotations um, and a lot of people, you know, kind of complain politely that your books are always full of quotations, especially this one. <laughs> and uh, I got to thinking about it, and my my uh, way of of taking a reader into success as a human is this: I take them into a gold mine shaft, and as we walk through that mine shaft, my job is to scratch the wall and show where the vein of gold is. Okay, it's not my job to to be with him with with pickaxe and shovel and a wheelbarrow and all that to actually do the mining. But I do, with my experience in this, walk him through that mine shaft and scratch the the walls on each side. And I say, "There's a vein of gold. You need to get at that later. Here's another one. Get at that. You know, when you have time and so forth." And so this is why I can get away with, so to speak, merely offering you know a, a quotation for a subs. You know, a, a subset of a of a uh, subject. You know, the the quote contains all they need to know. It's the finger having scratched a wall and showing them where the vein of gold is, and uh, you know that that's all I have to do. The rest is up to them to build that themselves and do the mining. All right. So many of our listeners are young men, who your book is for. Yes. Um, what do you think is one thing that they can start doing today that will have the most payoff in becoming? manlier men, men of value, right? Right. That's easy. Turn off the TV. Get <laughs> off of we Cut your video screen entertainment time as much to zero as possible. Most guys spend a thousand hours or more a year on video, whether it's uh, Skype or the internet or gaming or whatever. A thousand hours a year. You know, that's almost uh, three hours a day. So, Gosh, in, the, in that time, if, if you took a 1,000 hours a, a year and picked any one of the three things I'm going to read to you, you could master those three skills in an hour a day apiece. Follow me? Yeah. And then the next year, you'd pick another two. All right, so speak an entirely new language credibly well. Own basic and reflexive skills in a solid martial art. Uh, become a confident dancer, ballroom, swing, salsa, whatever. Uh, learn to fly a small airplane, become a private pilot. That, that takes only 70 hours. It takes uh, about nine or $10,000 also. But ride motorcycles, take up sailing, become proficient in a small boat, get into public speaking and master this important art. Uh, learn to write any kind of letter, become a credible cook using ingredients from scratch. Play guitar or piano decently with many songs in memory. 
learn dozens of poems to recite from memory. Uh, totally transform your body through vigorous exercise. I would say that's one of the first ones. Learn uh, home construction, welding, how to fix cars. You know, so take a guy in high school. If he wants to impress the ladies, he should do three things. Get fit, learn to fight, learn to dance. <laughs> Next year, learn guitar, learn a foreign language, fly an airplane. Talk about Studley and in two years, they'll think he's James Bond by the yeah. time he's a senior in high school, even in college. So, but, you know, there's only 24 hours a day. We're only awake for 16 or so of them. And uh, you've just got to get rid of video screen entertainment and, and carve out a real life, a real accomplishment. And then you'll become a real guy who can attract a real lady, That's you right. know, yeah. a real man for a change. So uh, quit surrogate living, you know, that's yeah. what I would say. I love it. Yeah. I mean, that's something um, I'm actually writing about right now is uh, don't, Excellent. don't, uh, in order to become a man, right? Like you don't want to, you don't want to spend some, all your time living vicariously right no not at all through another man actually right. do those things yeah so for those who are listening who are dads who are fathers what can they do to help their sons grow into good solid men oh that's easy too. spend time with your sons <laughs> it almost doesn't matter what you do uh the average amount of time per week american and british men spend with their sons is less than a half an hour per wow. week yeah it's just minutes per day oh son how are you doing uh, how was school Oh, great. Yeah. Okay. I've, I got to go do something else, you know, and, and son wants to do something else too because uh, father's not taking him out and uh, doing things. I, you know, my, my father's, I had a father and a stepfather. Uh, my, my father's did okay here and there, but there are a lot of stuff that they could have shown me, could have told me uh, had they just taken a little more time. And then I'm not saying this to disparage them on the air. It's just, you know, life. I, I think any son could say that about any father almost. But uh, yeah, t take your sons and do something. Tell them how the world works. T talk about women. You know, talk about sex. You know, because otherwise they're going to learn something. Uh, you know, lousy about it at school or through their uh, peers. Well, what about women? Um, do they play a role in helping men become men? Absolutely, absolutely. In chapter six of my Boston's Gun Bible, I've got three pages in the Women and Guns chapter, and it's basically saying that uh, women need to have higher standards because men are only going to be as good as what's demanded of them. Yeah. And if women give men a pass on manners, on manliness, on responsibility, on what they can do in life to provide for their family, if, if women go slack on that, you know, men are efficient. We're, we're only going to do as much as we have to. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just the way we're built because we have a lot of things to do, so we're not going to overdo something if there's no payoff for it. So women need to, like, put men through you know, some courtship rituals like the animal kingdom, you know, is seen, you know, I'm incredible, check me out. You know, <laughs> I mean, the, the male sparrow has to go through more to, to get Mrs. Sparrow than uh, the human male does. And uh, that's just not right. So if women complain, there are no good men out there, it's like, we'll start demanding good men. Yeah. And, the, and the general uh, rebuttal I, ha I hear from women about that, well, you know, we don't want to be single, and, and then some other, uh, you know, slut is going to just you know, say, hey, fine, we'll, we'll take him as he is. We don't, we don't demand quality. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, I understand, but you sisters need to get together. And w within 10 years, if they did, they could really ramp up the uh, manly qualityness in this country, you know, because men, men would have no choice. Yeah, well, I mean, it's interesting that women, I love, you know, reading history, and I'm always, yeah, the effect that women have on men. Oh, sure. Like the Spartans, right? Like right. the women played a huge role in in shaping the, that Spartan ethos amongst their warriors. Like they would shame men basically oh, 
uh, for not living up to the Spartan way of life. Yeah, come um, back behind your shield or on it. Yeah, or like you know? moms would, you know, if they saw cowardice in their son, they would say, you know, lift up their skirt and said, "Come back under here where you belong. Uh, <laughs> you're not, you're not fit to be a man yet." You know, right. we don't, we don't do that. <laughs> that was, no, that, there's, there's no, there's no shame in in being a wussbag. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and there should be. And the women can start with that. Yeah. And, do a little bit of, and yeah, even that that happened in World War Two and World War One, where mm-hmm. if I think in Europe, if there was like some deserter or something like that, the women would like throw, you know, chamber pots at them and wow. bricks. I mean, it was like and they would Dying just sort of battles hit. worse than that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, you probably just want to die in battle. Yeah, right. All right. So this uh, book, uh, Ma- Modules in Manhood, uh, is the first in a three part volume collection. Um, what can we expect in the next two? Um, before I answer that, let me just get a, a quick little uh, rejoinder to sure. the last thing. Uh, the, the other thing women can do is understand what men are, what manhood's about, and not get in the way. Yeah. Okay. They're, you know, when they say, oh, you, you two guys, no, no, don't, don't fight you guys. You know, sometimes guys need to fight, you know, get something <laughs> out. So women need to understand, you know, how, how men operate because it's much different than, than women. So, and stay out of the way. Um, as far as the volume collection, uh, volume two will be out in uh, late September. And I think the Amazon page is either up or will be up soon. But what I get into in volume two is a lot more action and doing oriented stuff. Uh, teaching, deciding, prioritizing your time, solving problems, great chapter. Power, understanding what power is, what power you have, what power people have over you, and how to uh, deal with that. Uh, Leading, working in success, savings and debt, money and inflation, taxes, government. Uh, A very hard chapter for me to write because I know so much about it and it's hard to pare it down. And uh, the last chapter in volume two will be fighting. And I don't say self-defense, I don't say martial arts, it's fighting. Everyone is fighting, you know, for something. Even an old lady in a nursing home is fighting about something. Volume three, eating, health, moving, meaning locomoting yourself around the planet, surviving, pursuing a woman, loving a woman, husbanding, fathering, believing in God, how to know God, dealing with suffering in the last chapter, sort of uh, an end cap called living, successful living. So... I, I think the the chronology and the hierarchy makes general sense, and I think these are successive building blocks that would be helpful, and I'm, I'm very excited to get the, the two other volumes out this year. Awesome. Yeah, sounds great. I can't wait to check them out. Yeah, well, great. I'll send them to you. Kenneth W. Royce, thank you so much time. So we can find your book on Amazon, right? Yeah, Amazon.com or uh, my publishing house, javelinpress.com. Cash orders get a signed copy personally from me. Very cool. Well, Kenneth W. Royce, thank you for your time. It's been a pleasure. Likewise here. Look forward to the next time. Our guest today was Kenneth W. Royce, and he's the author of Modules for Manhood, What Every Man Must Know. And you can find that on Amazon.com or JavelinPress.com. Well, that wraps up another edition of the Art of Manliness podcast. For more manly tips and advice, make sure to check out the Art of Manliness website at artofmanliness.com. And until next time, stay manly. Your business was humming, but now you're falling behind. Your teams are buried in manual work, tasks are taking forever to complete, and getting one source of truth is like pulling teeth. If this is you, then you should know these three numbers, 37,000. That's the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, streamlining accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25. 
NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. One, because your business is one of a kind. Get a customized solution for all your key performance indicators in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. With NetSuite, it's everything you need to grow, all in one place. Get your business back to the greatness where it belongs. Learn more at netsuite.com slash podcast 25. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. (laughs) 